have to be that far. A one, a two, a one, two, three, four. Spoilers. Spoilers. Spoiler season with us. New cards. Welcome to episode two of Spoiler Season Dominaria. Um, I'm Ryan and we're here. I'm Katie. And uh, before we get started, we want to thank our sponsors, as thank always. Thank you. Thank you to New England Comics, who you can find on Facebook at NEC Coolidge, and to Flipside Gaming, who you can find online at flipsidegaming.com. Just, like, quick, like, real, real plug for them. NEC is a really fun game store, um, friendly environment, great people to play with. Just, you know, if you're in the area, come check them out. And area um, being Boston. Yeah. yeah, if you live in Boston. Um, and we play there, so you can meet us. Yeah. You're cool hosts. And Flipside Flip Gaming, Gaming is cool because yeah. uh, they have you know some great articles on their website. They have a lot some of content. Really fun, funny some written articles. by some very talented, hilarious people, such oh, as myself. Such as, oh, okay, so, yeah, nice. Yeah. So uh, I like that. plugging myself on my own podcast. It's great. So we're going <laughs> to talk about. Flipside also has articles by other people. Yeah, and they also uh, have a couple of stores, too, a couple of locations yes, in New yes. York, so you can check those out. Yeah. Um, so getting into the cards. So we're going we're gonna to start off with some non-sagas, but then we're, I think we're going to spend most of the episode going through some sagas. Okay. okay? So we're going to start off with uh, the cycle that is currently missing the black piece. Oh, no. Um, I know. It is pretty sad. A lot of people are very curious what the black piece is going oh, to be. We should speculate. Uh, we can. We can if you like. But uh, all of these have three pips of their color. So like, just, you know, pips. Is that like a common thing? I haven't heard that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So um, the first one is Benelish Marshall. This is... Okay. So pips, if you don't know, because I didn't know what that was. Oh. It's just... So the the white one is white, white, white is its cost. Three pips. Three. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, continue. So we have three pips of white for Benelish Marshall. This is white, white, white for a 3-3 three, three human knight. Other creatures you control get plus one, plus one. Oh, all other creatures. Mm-hmm. Oh, I like this. Okay, sorry. Are you going to read the whole cycle and then we'll talk? Uh, no, we're going to do them one at a time. Oh, cool. I like What it. do you like about this card? Well, white likes pumping little things. This this is like screams white weenie because it's on curve and mm. pumps your team. Oh, this is interesting. The cycle is not all the same rarity. Oh. The Marshall is uncommon. uncommon. Uh, and then where there's a couple of rares too. Interesting. So yeah. Uh, so do you think this sees playing constructed formats? I think it might if there's a white weenie deck. Yeah, if there's like a white weenie deck, then maybe you could play this um, as like a an anthem. And it's like, you know, a reasonable body, three mana, three, three. If you're only in white, then like that's a doable casting cost. Yeah, I mean, the unfortunate thing is like if you really just want an anthem, this is much easier to remove than an enchantment. But it's nice that it also adds to your board state. Yeah. And it's totally reasonable cost right now though like we do not have the pieces for way we need deck no no um, we don't but um down the road yeah down the road mm-hmm. next is the blue one tempest gin this is blue 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 for a zero four gin oh, such a bad card zero four katie uh it has flying and it gets plus one plus zero for each basic island you control okay so yeah, so I mean, in limited, I think this is great. Really? Why? Oh is this wait, great triple blue is going to be kind of hard let me, to play. Let me hear your argument. Well, I'm just I'm just trying to push back. Okay, first of all, flyers are great in limited. That's right. Uh, three is very cheap. I think triple blue is maybe a little challenging, but usually you're only going to play like 
two colors. Mm -hmm. So you have to really not be greedy with this mana base if you're playing this card. And if you're not greedy, you're going to have at least three islands. Yeah. So it's at least a 3-4 for three. 3-4 mm-hmm. four flying for three, which is excellent. And it can only get more powerful yeah, on the front end. I agree. Um, I think just the one thing to keep in mind if you are playing this card is that it's probably not coming down on turn three um, if you're in a yeah, two-color deck. Because, yeah, you probably won't have three yeah. islands. You'll, you'll have three eventually, but... You know, yeah, really. but right up. Um, but actually, in Constructed and Standard, uh, so, you know, it's it's this is really interesting because... This card and a couple of others in Dominaria seem to be caring about basic lands of a certain type, islands yeah. and swamps, and and then we're getting all these pips of color. So like, it feels like devotion. I don't know where, yeah, devotion or like I don't know if we're, what sets we're going after this, but it feels like we're gonna be going toward a monocolored mm. block or something. Um, and you know, the mono blue devotion deck, which was kind of an aggro tempo very aggressive slant aggressively slanted blue deck mm-hmm. um would have i think liked to play tempest Gin, um and i think that's the kind of the constructed deck where tempest Gin would be at, at home in yeah um, but you know, again that right makes now yeah, no i know fun. it's hard to imagine because we have like a multicolor format we don't play a ton of i mean we'd play plenty of basic lands but um yeah 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 um and that's uh, our blue one skip the black because it doesn't exist yep. yet then we have uh two rares we have goblin chain whirler uh which is uh well so just to comment the first two the white and the blue both require other stuff to be good right right like lots and of in, white weenies or lots of islands whereas like right and in those shells they are reasonable to good yeah um but like we're, we're going to see with uh the green one in particular is that it's just really powerful I mean, well you would hope when you're going shell. from uncommon to rare uh well the red ones so goblin chain whirler is red 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 for a three three goblin warrior it's a rare it has first strike it enters the battlefield it deals one damage to each opponent and each creature in planeswalker they control um hmm. this this doesn't feel great uh i think it's okay in like like do you think ramen opera would want to play this uh not, not like in the mirror. It'd be maybe. better if it had haste. Yeah, it doesn't have haste. Uh, it doesn't like you know when it pings something, stop it from blocking in like the fashion of mm-hmm. that dragon that did that. Um, I, I I don't know. I'm not like super sold on this. I think like maybe post board you could bring this in um, if you're playing like mono red and you're playing against tokens or you're playing against the mirror. Oh, um, because sure. Because you get to play this and like actually kill something. Yeah, you get to board wipe while also like adding to your board um, yeah which is cool and it doesn't hit your own stuff so that's safe yeah maybe that's the the place for it and then we get to the strongest car of the cycle okay though we don't know the block of course uh which is i'm gonna let you read this one katie i know that you're a fan well i don't know this card yet but <laughs> sure <laughs> it's of green. green in general yes and you will be a fan of it okay steel leaf champion green 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 three pips of green if mm, you will yes for a 5-4, okay. And what's its creature type? It's an elf. Mm, well, I was going to say, just like, first of all, above curve. Absolutely. Passes the vanilla test with flying colors. It's well, it French fly, vanilla. Though. Yeah. Um, yes, Steel Leaf Champion can't be blocked by creatures with power two or less. Oh, I always like those effects. These, like, pseudo, um, like, unblockable. Yeah. Or, like, uh, uh, the like thing that's types interesting of evasion. to me about this yeah. is that like you said, it's way above curve. Like, you're paying three mana for a 5-4. And, like, if you're paying triple green, like, it better be good. Yeah. But also, 
that it has upside. It's <laughs> like, oh yeah, and also we're going to make this really hard to block. <clears throat> and right now in Standard, um, you know, like the most popular decks, if you look at, for example, like Grixis Midrange or Blue Black Midrange, most of their deck can't block this card. Uh, Glorybringer can block it, but you don't <laughs> want to do that. Scarab God can block it, but Scarab God is just OP. Um, and like Phoenix can block it, but everything else, Champion of Wits, Gaunti, Siphoner, um, World of Virtuoso, World of Virtuoso tokens, like none of these yeah. cards are capable of blocking this card. Um, and we've already seen a couple of people uh, posting lists online about um, aggressively slanted mono green decks with Galta, because Steel Leaf Champion, Llanowar Elves, and Galta oh, lets gosh. you like really put apply a lot of pressure very quickly. Yeah. Um, and maybe you splash another color or something for it. But I, I just That's think cool. that I think this card is uh, is very playable. The most Great. playable of the cycle by yeah. far. This seems very, yeah, very, very above curve. So and quick, by oh. going to Store Championship, you get a promo copy of it. So wow. make sure you go to your Store Championship. Very cool. Yeah. And um, in this potential mono green stompy yeah. deck... There's still not a place for Ronus's Last Stand, right? There might be. Uh, the list that Reed Duke posted had Ronus's Last Stand in it. Ooh, Reed Duke so is go, a pro. He knows stuff. That's right. And because uh, the thing that really makes Ronus's Last Stand better than it has been, still questionable whether it's good enough, <laughs> but is Llanowar Elves. Because now you're not, like, you you're can't untap your lands, but, like, you get to untap your elf. So. Sure. Yeah. So it has some potential, I think. Very nifty. Um, next, we're going to start looking at some sagas. Uh, to explain yeah. how the sagas work... Um, these these so, are new. They are new. They are new, new. concepts. Um, and they're all concept. really cool. They have like weird frames and like weird banner-like art on half on like the right side of yeah, the card. The text is on the frames. left. Yeah. Um, and they all represent different stories from Dominaria's past. Uh, they are included in the batch of historic. Uh, so a couple of cards in the set refer to historic cards, which count sagas, which are these enchantments, artifacts, and legendary creatures. Um, and the way that they work is you play a saga, and when it enters the battlefield, you put a lore counter on it, and then you activate the... Uh, I shouldn't say activate it. It's not an activate ability. But uh, when you put the lore counter on it, then the ability of the first chapter happens. There's three chapters to all these sagas, um, and so you comes into play, first chapter happens. Then, and can people respond? Bond? Do uh, these so things go on the stack? What you can do is you can, when it enters the battlefield, it has a. Oh wait, that's not true. It doesn't. It's not an ETV. Um. So I think you can respond to the to cast. The, well, you can respond to the cast. Can you respond to the? So adding a lore counter does not use the stack, but when a lore counter is put onto a saga it triggers the ability that uh, for the corresponding chapter. So you can respond to that. That will go on the stack. So, for example, the one we're going to look at first, History of Benalia. This is White White 1 uh, Saga. Uh, both chapters 1 and 2 are create a 2-2 white knight creature token with vigilance, and chapter 3 is knights you control get plus 2 plus 1 until end of turn. Um, and we also we didn't say when the other lore counters go on. So it comes in, the way that this is going to play out, you cast History of Benalia. Your opponent lets it resolve enters the battlefield as it enters the battlefield you put one lord counter on it and the first chapter triggers so you create a 2-2 white knight creature token with vigilance and they can respond to that trigger if they want then after your draw step so these are different in that they are not in your upkeep they're in your uh, after your draw step um you add a lore counter and then you get to activate uh, or not you get to trigger the next chapter which will in this case just be the same thing create another 2-2 white knight and then 
the next turn, the third chapter triggers and knights you control get plus two plus one until end of turn. Um, once the third chapter has been triggered, uh, you get to, you sacrifice the saga and it goes away. Uh, the story has been told. So that's how sagas work. Um, they're pretty interesting, uh, interesting design. Uh, if you look at the kind of original card design that Richard Garfield had for them, they were even more convoluted and interesting. So yeah. worth checking those out. It's kind of interesting that they trigger after your draw instead of upkeep. Like, Magic players are pretty used to dealing with upkeep triggers and, you know, will often put stuff on top of their deck to remember them. But this might be a trickier one for people to remember because it triggers at a time when we have not. Yeah. So it's weird because of what, what you just said, right, is, is strange because, like, the upkeep is not a natural time for things to happen. And, like you said, people put things on their deck to remember it. Right. Um, but we've, like, more entrenched players have been conditioned to expect stuff to happen during the upkeep. Right. So a new player is going to be like, yeah, this card makes perfect sense. And an entrenched player is going to be like, oh, I have to kind of readjust. I have to like remember this doesn't happen during upkeep. Yeah. Um, and I think that's fine because the entrenched players are going to be able to handle it. And I'd rather have mechanics that makes like intuitive sense to new players and let the entrenched players do the mental work uh, than the other way around. Yeah. So, I mean, that I, makes I like sense. It. it just feels like there's not like a convenient place to leave yourself a reminder because you have to just remember after you draw. Yeah, it's still, if, yeah, like if you're an entrenched player and you're concerned, put the die on your deck. Like, you'll be like, oh, I draw a card and then this happens. Like, you can do the same thing as you would for your upkeep. Um, is this confusing? Sorry, this is like kind of unrelated, but if you have a, what are the cards? Miracle card? What mm. What happens? What do you mean? Like, you cast the miracle card and then this happens? Um, well, for the sagas, um, I believe uh, the saga happens... I guess it said after your draw step. Yeah, I think it's in your main phase. Yeah. Um, yeah, as so, your yeah, first... So you would resolve your miracle and then... Yeah, so so because the miracle trigger happens as you draw it in your draw step, whereas the mm. saga triggers at the beginning of the first main phase after your draw step. So the miracle would happen first. Interesting. Yeah. Cool. All right. Anyways, that shouldn't come up. Well, I mean, I mean, like, uh, that specific thing with miracles might not come up, but, like, definitely knowing that the saga triggers in your main phase, your first main phase, and not your draw step seems like it, it's a relevant Maybe thing relevant. to, to yeah. know. Yeah. Uh, especially if you have, like, draw step effects that you want to do. Uh, right. You want to K-command someone, because they're going to reprint that. For example. That, hopefully. <laughs> Um, so yeah, so history of Renalia, what do we actually think of the card? Uh, let's see. So two mana for a two three mana. Oh, sorry, sorry. Three mana for a two two a two two, and then they become four threes for a turn. Yeah, I mean, it seems so. Like the funny thing about these sagas is, so this one doesn't get totally out of hand, and like enchantments are kind of hard to remove, so. It seems unlikely that an opponent is going to spend or side an enchantment removal to take care of this because they're not going to be able to... This particular one. Yeah, this particular one. Um, The first effect you get when it enters. So the only thing you'd be getting rid of if you removed it would be a second knight and and a a pump for one turn. So it's like it's kind of interesting. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I I think... I think it's pretty good i think the key to making this card so like i'm not i don't think i'm willing to pay three mana for a two two and then a free two two the following turn i think the only way that i'm willing to play this card is if i have like a mono white like knight deck. deck because then you're playing it with like 
Benelish Marshall, which is a human knight, and is already mm. pumping creatures. So then you're paying three mana for a 3-3, three, three, then another 3-3, three, three, and both of those have Vigilance. And then they become 5-4s, uh, right, for a yeah. turn. Like, and so do a bunch of other creatures. Yeah, so I think that, that really you want to get the maximum out of the Anthem, and if you can do that, I think it's good. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure how good the first two is. Maybe I'm underrating it, because like, it is hard to talk about these cards, because they are so different than anything we're used to. Yeah. Um, and like, it's weird, because it's kind of like talking about almost like suspend, where you're like, oh, I, am I willing to trade a turn for this next effect, right? Right. So it's it's a weird card. Um, I personally don't think this one is, is great, except... I mean, I would play it in Limited. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Limited, like, this is, you know, two bodies, and, like, one, you know, three mana, two, two, Vigilance, fine, and then you get another one for mm-hmm. free, and then you get an Anthem, like, that's awesome. It's all yeah. upside. Um, so I think for these effects, these sagas, generally, you need to be happy paying the mana cost for the first ability and then uh accept that the rest is just upside and if you're really not happy with the first ability then like you probably shouldn't play it i think there are a couple exceptions which we'll get to one of which is phyrexian scriptures which is one that i'm pretty Hmm. pumped about so what's our next card katie what's the we have a blue one here Yes, uh, we have the Antiquity Wars. Antiquities War, mm. the, the plural. There was a set called Antiquities, which took place on Dominaria. There and you... it had the Antiquities War happen. Okay, yeah. hence the saga. Right? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. okay. <laughs> um, this is a rare. Sorry, so the last one was a mythic, mythic. rare. Yeah, it's not worth it. Well, it, I mean, it, it makes sense in limited, like the, the power level. I think you put it a rare and it'd be fine. I'm so, I'm surprised, a little surprised it's a mythic. Well, I I do wonder if they'll support the white weenies just based on this and the the knight. Like it'd be interesting yeah. to get like a white knight stack. It just doesn't feel like a make two tokens is a mythic effect. Yeah. Like it really has to be the anthem. The yeah. Yeah. All right. Anyways, antiquities war. This is blue three. Uh, the first saga. Yeah, these are weird to read. First chapter. First chapter in this saga Mm -hmm. first and second chapter look at the top five cards of your library you may reveal an artifact card from among them and put it into your hand put the rest onto the bottom of your library in any order in a random order in a random order Mm. artifacts you control no what's the chapter three is chapter three artifacts you control become artifact creatures with base power and toughness five five until end of turn yeah so what do you think what do you think well i think well uh this in standard like you probably play this in all of the janky kaladesh like artifact based combo e decks i imagine would want this card just because of the first two chapters and like the third chapter if it happens then sweet you get to like maybe kill them um but i think that the the first two chapters provide like decent selection but i don't i don't think it's like a tier 1 thing like four mana for that effect is expensive um and you have to really be wanting to do silly things with artifacts to to do this you really want to be able to like you're going to be a slow deck um in modern this kind of effect seems desirable for like the tesserator decks uh, the blue-black kind of artifact-based prison decks that use Tezzeret as a win condition. Um, and this is kind of an alternate Tezzeret win condition effect where you just hit them with 25 fives. The awkward things about this are, one, usually those decks use Ensnaring Bridge, which means you're not going to be able to actually attack with your 5 fives. Uh-huh. Second thing being that those this card like fits in that shell 
but there's just better cards that like basically do all the same stuff. Like Tezzeret is usually going to be better. Um, the Tezzeret that if you're not on Lantern, then you have like Bottled Cloister, um, and I, I just don't think this card is necessary. Um, so it's cool, and like maybe it'll find a home somewhere. Uh, and it, it's like relatively powerful. It's a little bit expensive. Um, I like it that. It's a little expensive and yeah. kind of slow. Yeah, it is. It is slow. Uh, the third chapter I think is like the most important chapter here it's almost like talking about planeswalkers right where you're like yeah oh do you evaluate them based like you don't evaluate them based on their ultimate but like some you do because that's the like most relevant thing uh like you know nissa you can tick her up and then you ultimate her right away so right. this one i feel like you really just want like the play pattern of this card is stall and then win with the third chapter yeah which is risky in a format that has settled the wreckage i think oh because that that would feel real bad so bad yeah so the next one uh, is the one I'm excited about. This is Phyrexian Scriptures. It's Black Black 2. It's a mythic. Uh, chapter 1, put a plus and plus 1 counter on up to one target creature. That creature becomes an artifact in addition to its other types. Chapter 2, destroy all non-artifact creatures. Chapter 3, exile all cards from all opponents' graveyards. Really? You're so excited about this? Yes. All right, you're going to have to okay. sell me. Because so Here's far, why. Here's I, why. Yeah. Blue-Black Control has not had a sweeper uh, at all, right? Now, oh, the two, you're the, excited the two about creatures, part two. The two creatures that uh, Blue-Black Control runs are Trenchal Gear Hulk, which is an artifact, and Scarab God, which can only have one on the battlefield at its time, which means you put a plus counter on it, and it becomes an artifact, and then it's safe. So this card will never sweep away your own stuff unless you have tokens from Scarab God. Mm-hmm. Um, but typically, like, if you want to play this on curve... What this means is it, like, gets rid of the biggest drawback of Sleeper. So, like, the biggest drawback of Sleeper is if I cast Supreme Verdict, Damnation, or, like, Fumigate or whatever, uh, I'm tapped out, and my opponent gets to do whatever they want on the next turn. Phyrexian Scriptures is basically a Sleeper with Suspend 1, where it has the downside that, like, if I desperately need to sweep the board and I need to top deck a Sleeper, Phyrexian Scriptures is not going to do the trick. Right. But, on the other hand, I'm able to cast this... And then my opponent cannot add anything to the board, except, like, they can play Planeswalker. Um, so that means they're just going to have to attack with their creatures. And then the next turn, their board gets wiped, and now I am not tapped out anymore. And I have all of my mana up, and I can counter whatever their next play is going to be. So the relevant thing here is the second chapter, is that this is a suspend one damnation. Um, the third chapter is cool, and, like, I could see being relevant. Like, against this, that card seems, like, actually pretty good against Godfarrow's Gift, where you blow up their board and then exile everything, uh, particularly if you have like a disallow for the Godfather's gift trigger that happens uh, the turn after you wipe them. Mm. Um, the the main question about this card, I think, is going to be whether not getting the sleeper effect immediately is too much of a downside of like not being able to top deck this and sweep. Um, but and the risk of people blowing up this enchantment because if this is if if this sweeper is such a problem. Green decks are going to start playing well, Brontodons. and I think that's that's a down the road thing. Like I think at first people are not going to be doing that, and yeah. then if this card becomes more popular, people will start writing Enchantment Hate, and then like then maybe you need to start worrying about how to how to deal with that. Um, but I, I think this card has a pretty high ceiling, um, and I think it's going to be kind of annoying to play against because you can see it. Right? It's the same. It's like you know when you played against Approach, and it's just this feeling of like uh, like. They're going to untap with five mana. I, I can't. I need to pressure them so they can't get to seven and, like, cast their approach. But if the more I add to the board, the more life they gain from Fumigate. And, like, 
do I not attack? Like then they settle, like there's so many, like the sweepers are just so discouraging. And this one is great because it has the potential to be a one-sided sweeper for blue-black decks that use creatures as a win condition. Um, and it, it's a sweeper that they can see and they basically have to do nothing during one of their turns. It does improve the stock of Planeswalkers. Uh, if like this is a sweeper sure. of choice, you want to play a Planeswalker on the turn you're tapped out to play this uh, because then the sweeper happens and you can't get rid of it. But then like, you know, we have Vraska's Contempt. Like, I, it's just, I just, I've yeah. liked this card a lot. Um, I don't know if it if it perfectly fits in blue-black, because, like, blue-black has a pretty tight play pattern already. Um, but uh, it, it might be nice, especially against certain decks that, that kind of go onto the board really quickly, and blue-black has to try to one-for-one one and get ahead on cards, and it's kind of a pain. Yeah. Cool. Cool. So this card also I'm tracking. Uh, so last season, we correctly predicted that Rekindling Phoenix was going to be the... Uh, expensive the card. expensive car and it started out at like five dollars so we bought a bunch and now it's at like 26 or something so for exchange scriptures i'm watching and it's falling slowly uh it's fallen below five dollars now uh pretty soon i'm going to buy these because i think it's good and keep in mind that like we don't know what else we're gonna get in like corset or falset but we lose fumigate and settle uh and and this is the first and only black sweeper we have in standard that isn't terrible like we have yeah. Henny's expertise in and flanked. bantu's reckoning oh my gosh bantu's reckoning. remember when a lot of people were playing Do you know that? who hates that card the most is blue black control players because it's so bad yeah and like you sometimes i don't i've never played it but i know some people play it because they feel like they have to and it's terrible yeah. so this is great this is great uh next card is the first eruption which is Red 2, uh, Chapter 1, says the first eruption deals one damage to each creature without flying. Chapter 2 is add red red. Chapter 3 is sack a mountain. If you do, the first eruption deals three damage to each creature. Huh. So, plus side, it it does like a cool job of like, I mean, it's like a volcano. So it's like, oh, there's some tremors and some red mana and then it blows up. Oh, but that's like, a cool in terms flavor. of mechanics, you have to be super happy with chapter one you need to be willing to pay three mana for a sorcery speed one damage to non-flyers i'm not happy with i mean the only chapter here that feels worthwhile is chapter three right but if that's the case this card's terrible because you need this card chapter three is so slow and you're paying three mana at sorcery speed for this effect that like we have red sweepers for three mana. we have sweltering suns right now like play that you have to be happy with the first effect and then accept the other two as upside, I think. Uh, but because the abilities are, like, they don't have anything to do with each other. Uh, like, the mana and the dance. Like, I, I think this card is, is really bad. Yeah. Because I don't think any deck wants the first chapter, which is, uh, like, has to be acceptable for this card to be played. See, uh, okay, so I don't think you're being totally fair to all these because you, you look at the last one, the Phyrexian Scriptures, and you're like... Uh, who cares about the first chapter? I would play this for the second. But yeah. then you're like, first eruption is only good if you care about the first chapter. Yeah. Why are you making that distinction? Because you don't reasons. like the first chapter. You wouldn't play Phyrexian scriptures for the first chapter. No, of course not. So it's, it's it goes back to what we were saying about when we evaluate planeswalkers, right? Like usually you look and say like, oh, can they protect themselves? What's their like loyalty to mana cost? Like mm -hmm. don't evaluate them based on the ultimate. But it's all about like the play patterns with these sagas. So Phyrexian scriptures is a sweeper. It is a sweeper, and like it, that chapter two is the most relevant thing, important thing that it does, and it will be played in a control deck, right? The first eruption, you will look at this. 
nobody is going to pay three mana to get two mana for free the next turn. Like, that's not a thing. You're not going to wait a turn to do that. Uh, the third chapter, you have Sweltering Suns play that. So that, like, the only way you play this card is if you really want the first chapter and then it, are willing to say, oh, like... Oh, I see. You're saying because the second and third chapter, you have better options or they're not They're just worth bad. Uh, so, like, you need to accept that, like, the first chapter is the one that you want and accept the second and third as upside, as just, like, bon- a bonus. Okay, well, you don't want any of these, so... No. I, I, that's why I said I think this card is bad. Uh, one damage to all creatures without flying is so weak. It's very weak. Um, and it's just, just, like, not a reasonable like a good reason to play yeah. this i uh, mean again so wait what was the goblin flare chain, chain roller? roller yeah i think it was it, also three mana one damage to but it requires uh, three pips of red though yeah and it hits so flyers i mean so if you're looking for that and then it's you want to because add it hits your two... own creatures so you need to be playing this in a red deck oh that doesn't that have... doesn't have x1s that wants to wipe your opponent's board that then wants to like maybe wipe it again later because it is kind of a double sweeper. So, like, maybe it's a sideboard card against tokens in, like, the tiny decks. Yeah. And if you're in a red control deck, I could see that. Like, you're in a red control deck and you this is two sweepers in one if they're of yeah. X1s. So, like, as a side... It, I, in the case where X1 decks become huge, <laughs> I would not... Uh, I'd say this is a good sideboard yeah. card. I mean, the thing is, like, I was thinking, like, the second saga or chapter here isn't completely irrelevant if you're, like, trying to get extra pips of red to play Jaya or the the chain swinger or the like the red sorcery that. that is it a sorcery instant the flames of jaya but like i don't think inferno you can't play you can't play this in the hopes of getting extra pips of red because when you don't draw it then like your triple red cards are terrible and uncastable i think you'd want this just like maybe the ramp is useful like generic ramp is like a yeah. nice thing to have like it's a one turn explosive veggies right yeah so for free um so it does ramp you from three mana to uh, next turn you'll have six six mana so like that's cool yeah. you can wipe and then play a six drop so i don't know i'm, I'm trying to get her credit to be, but yeah, I, it'd have to I be don't... a sideboard and a red control deck in a very specific metagame well maybe that red control deck runs jaya because she Probably helps not. you cast spells she's you know? terrible she she helps you cast instants and sorceries i mean she doesn't help that's what control decks she... do mm-hmm. <laughs> uh next card this is this is yours Oh, this art is so pretty. I think this is my favorite saga the art so far. For our art in this set. Yeah, no, They've I mean, it's just stellar. Yeah. All right, so this is Song of... Oh, dear, how do you say that? Freilis. Freilis. Beautiful. Hmm. Uh, green one. This is our first uncommon saga. Chapter one and two. This, how is this uncommon? Like, that's crazy. In my mind, the, the last card should be uncommon, and this one should be rare. All right, well, anyways... Uh, chapters one and two are until your next turn, creatures you control get tap at one mana of any color to your mana pool. <gasps> it's like a cryptolith right for two yeah, turns. It is. For two mana. Same what cost. was cryptolith right? Two it mana. was two? Oh, exciting. Yep. Okay, let's see chapter three. Put a plus one plus one counter on each creature you control. Those creatures gain vigilance, trample, and indestructible until end of turn. Wow, I love it! The counter sticks around and you get this yeah. like, temporary pump, which is a huge deal. I figured and you, you get would all love this it. mana. Oh, this is this looks super fun. Oh um, man. What do you think of the what what kind of deck do you think would play this? I would play it with Llanowar Elves. But that already does <laughs> mana. <laughs> uh no, I don't know. So I'm trying to think. So the Cryptolith Rights deck before 
was sacrifice based. Yeah. And wanted to go super wide and sack everything. Yeah, and it had the nice engine of um, who was that human that flipped into a dusk dusk recruiter? Yep, dusk watch recruiter. Dusk watch recruiter, um, which was an excellent engine yep. to continue to draw creatures that's, to fuel that's your the mana. Crux of the whole thing. Yeah. Do we have like, a way to get a lot of creatures? Yeah. Is that's that's the thing that we're missing? Is it oh. if we have a dusk watch recruiter esque card? Then I think Song of Freilis goes from being like strong to like the the kind of crux of a deck. Um, what about like a? It could be a tokens base. Do we have? We don't have any explosive green white tokens. Stuff. Well, you can put it in obs on token like black white tokens because then like basically you're able to sack your whole board to stockpile instantly. If you have a stockpile, right, you can just tap a creature, pay one, sack it to a stockpile, and you're good. Yeah. Which they used to do that for. Um, uh, with like a drainer out would would wipe them out. So like you yeah. could play this with Slimefoot, the Stowaway, which is the Zool, legendary Zulport Cutthroat. Oh um, yeah. For a Sapperlings only, I think. But well, yeah, I mean, because in a Sapperlings deck, you would certainly have the creatures to generate a lot of mana, but then you do have to have something worth playing with all that mana. Yeah. Um, it feels to me like you want this. You want like the play pattern here is either going to be. You plan on using it as a Cryptolith right and just ending the game before you lose the Cryptolith right, or uh, uh, also these are not legendary, so you can huh. play one and then when it runs out, like on chapter three, you can play another, or you could even play two at the same time. I don't know why you'd want to do that, but you could. I mean, yeah, um, if you play two at the same time, it doesn't stack, so you right. kind of just. So I think that what you want to do is go. Use the mana to go super, super, super wide, and then use the anthem effect to get the free attack and like decimate them. Um, yeah. And then you should be able to finish them off the next turn uh, because it's su it's super free. Vigilance, trample, and indestructible means that like your stuff is not going to die. It's going to get damaged through because they have trample, and they you know and you'll be able, able to, block to block the next on turn. Yeah. So there's literally no downside to swinging, right. except for Ex yeah. saddle the wreckage. Right. So you have to watch out for saddle. <laughs> You have to watch out for sweepers generally if you are planning on going super wide, um, which is why I feel like you do mm. want some kind of sack outlet or like combo finish. And the last thing to keep We're in mind is that Cryptolith right gave was like permanent in that you could use yeah. this on your opponent's turn. Oh, this also lets you do it because it says till your next Until turn, your so next you're fine. Turn. Yeah, huh. so it is just Cryptolith right. So it's a cool card, uh, definitely yeah, constructed playable because Cryptolith right is constructed playable, and this is like different from cryptolith right um, it is yeah i mean i think you want yeah some ways it's better some ways it's worse and could see blood yeah you i think you're right about wanting to have like some combo or end goal or, or something mm -hmm. that you can get to quickly because we do still have walking ballista so like you can just go ballista for 10 but you would need a lot of mana you'd need a lot, yeah, of, creatures. A lot of creatures so you, you can maybe use this too with uh what is it like the engine card, Paradox Engine. Whenever That's you cast a spell, untap all creatures you control. That's interesting. You just need a way to draw cards so you can keep your chain going. And like again, we, we don't have Duskwatch Recruiter. Um, so we, if we, we could find some way to draw cards. And maybe right. maybe there is one and I'm just missing it. I'm not thinking of it right now. Um, but I, I don't think we have one. So that's what, if we, you see one of those, then think about Song of Freelies. Cool. Next, we have Fall of the Thrawn, which is White 5. Chapter 1, Destroy All Lands. Ew. It's a six-mana Armageddon. Why would you But don't that? worry, because Wait, chapters 2 and 3 
Each player returns two land cards from your their graveyard to the battlefield. Oh, weird. So this is cool. Like Wizards doesn't really do land destruction anymore, right? They wanted to kind of do it because Armageddon is kind of a you know iconic card, and this is like expensive enough, and it returns the lands after, so right. like bad enough to really not be super playable. I would think that like the kind of dangerous thing here is if you built put this into a deck where you can blow up lands and then exile graveyards uh then like it's actually six mana armageddon you mean any deck with field of ruin no sorry not field of ruin scavenger Scavenger grounds Grounds. yep like scavenger grounds uh where you can do it with the trigger on the stack uh when you untap the next turn or even like the black um phyrexian scriptures exile stuff from the graveyards Mm -hmm. um though i think like scavenger grounds is a much better option uh so something to keep in mind like destroy all lands is an incredibly powerful effect um but six mana is a ton. And like in a standard, it, it's just not clear to me what deck is playing this. But it's also been White a really ladies. long... Yeah, no. It's also been a really long time since we've had Armageddon in standard. Uh, so it's a little tough to evaluate. Generally, I don't think it'll be super playable. But uh, probably see playing like the janky, some janky decks that try to abuse it. Um, and like there's always a chance, just because the power level is so incredibly high, uh, that this could sneak its way into a, a real a real deck. Yeah. No. Okay. Ready? White Weenie's sideboard against uh, Approach. Mm. Because right before they cast Approach, you cast this, destroy all their lands, mm-hmm. take them off Approach, they're not gaining seven life, which is a problem for you because you're an aggro deck. Mm-hmm. They can't wipe your board again the next turn mm-hmm. because they don't have four to five mana. Mm-hmm. And you kill them. Yeah, as long as they don't have a counterspell uh, in their control deck, that works. Because you're tapping six mana to do this, so hope you don't. They hope they don't have sensor, though. It, it is really good against uh, the mono white approach deck. I don't know if you saw, but the mono white approach has been putting up some some results recently, huh. uh, and it would certainly blow them out. Uh, Why wouldn't you run approach with blue? It seems like having counter spells is really advantageous. They end up so they run the mono white deck uses like utility lands, so it has like four treasure maps. It has arches of Arazka, um, so it's able to like get a lot of value out of its lands. Um, and it just kills everything. It just has oh. white, like it has cast out, binding, fumigate, settle, like just all oh, the baffling and all the white removal. And it's and getting better with the... And they'll have the new two-mana white removal exactly, from exactly. Dominaria. Okay, interesting. Yeah. Cool. Our next saga is the Mirari Conjecture. Mm. <laughs> the Mirari is the thing that uh, like created Mirrodin and then oh. became Memnar, who like ruled Mirrodin. Because it used to be Argentum. Or Argentum, I don't know. How to say so it. many of these words mean things to yeah. me. <laughs> this set is super. It, like, it, if you are not like steeped in lore, like you can still appreciate how cool all the cards are. If you know about the history in the past, like these sagas in particular are like very resonant and, and have a lot of extra coolness attached to them. Well, you should tell us about some of the more interesting ones. Like, yeah, I mean, I, I did right, Ferrari. Yes. Yeah, I mean, the, all the ones we've talked about, too, like Frexian Scriptures, right? Like the Frexian Invasion, Antiquities War, might have be referring to the, like, the official name of the Brothers War, where like Urza and Mishra went at it with oh. artifacts. They were fighting, like trying to collect all the artifacts they could for power. Fall of the Thran was like the fall of like Dominaria's like, first major civilization. Um, and like oh. a lot of the Thran artifacts are uh, left behind and were used by Urza and Mishra to fight stuff and like are still lying around today. Um and then Murray's, uh, yeah, Murray. Cool. All right, so this conjecture is Blue 4, Chapter 1, 
Return target instant card from your graveyard to your hand. Chapter 2. Return target sorcery card from your graveyard to your hand. Chapter 3. Until end of turn, whenever you cast an instant or sorcery spell, copy it. You may choose new targets for the copy. Uh, this feels bad. And I can't believe this is a rare again. I feel like this should be uncommon. I don't know. I mean, this is maybe partially a complexity thing. These sagas are... No, there's one at uncommon, so I don't know. Yep. Um, this one, like, paying five mana to return an instant from your graveyard to your hand is not enough. Nor is it do a sorcery. Like, I wouldn't... A sorcery speed five mana, return an instant, and then the next turn get a sorcery. What you have to be wanting desperately is the third chapter. Is like this this card only really matters for its third chapter, where you have to be able to like play this in a deck where this is your like standard storm deck, and you're hoping that on turn three, when you've restocked a little from your in your graveyard, you go off and you cast a flurry of spells that just kills your opponent. Um, I don't think that's super realistic and standard. Like you don't have the tools to do that. Watch someone build it, and I'll be shown <laughs> wrong. But like it doesn't feel like you have the tools to do it. So it's a neat card. I don't I don't think it'll do anything. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It would go in like a red blue spells spells deck. Yeah. Where Jaya would fit because yeah. she cares about instants sure. and sorcery. Yeah, like you could build like a Pyromancer's goggles Yeah. Deck. Except you'd rather just have a permanent Pyromancer's goggles. Yep. <laughs> instead yeah. of a one turn three turns out. Yeah, maybe you run it with like what? You can play it with uh that land that double spells. Yeah. That runs uh, like the cut to ribbons as the win condition. Oh, yeah. Grixis uh, something. Grixis Gauntlet, I forget what the artifact is that flips into yeah. the land. And you see around with Jaya. Oh, I remember that. Oh, my gosh. The amulet. Uh, amulet. Grixis amulet. Primal amulet. Yeah. Primal amulet. So you run primal amulet. You run Jaya. You run that. So then on the, the ultimate turn, you get to go... Cast a spell with my doubling land and use Jaya to double it and then use this to double it. And you get like, you know, two to the third copies. Pretty dope. Wow. Yeah. So that sounds worthwhile. Yeah. So, yeah, not going to be great. No. Next card is Rite of Belzenlock. So Belzenlock is the demon that rules the cobble that's trying to take over Dominaria. Oh. Uh, it is Black Black 2 Saga. Uh, chapters 1 and 2 are both create two zero one Black Clara creature tokens. Chapter 3... Create a 6-6 black demon creature token with flying, trample, and, at the beginning of your upkeep, sacrifice another creature. If you don't, this creature deals 6 damage to you. Now I see why you get the 0-1 clerics, because I was going right. to say, they seem like they kind of suck. Yep. Uh, so, standard, bad, uh, I, I, I would imagine, unless you, like, desperately want free 0-1s, because that's neat. Well, if uh, we still had Westvale Abbey getting oh sure quick sure. tokens maybe Though there are better ways to make tokens yep. um and then like the getting a six six that requires you to sack something is just bad but it's flying and trample it doesn't matter uh but in limited and it's bigger than any other flyer in the air in limited this card's great because what it's going to do is it's going to provide like a couple of chump blockers to to stay any aggression um and then on turn six right on time you'll on curve you get a six six uh, and, like, if they can't answer it, you get to just kill your opponent with it. The, the sacking downside is, like, not much of a downside in Limited. You're, most of your deck is creatures. like, And most of your early game is crud anyway. Exactly. So you'll sack the zero ones first, and then you can sack your actual creatures. And, like, you have a 6-6. Six, six. Your opponent should be dead very fast. Probably in two to three turns. So, yeah. Yeah. Very good in Limited. In Constructed, uh, I'm not convinced it has a place. Yeah. Is this our final saga? 
Uh, I think we have another row of sagas. Ah, okay. All right, yeah. great. Uh, the Flame of Keld. Mm. This is red one. This is another uncommon. And chapter one, okay. Sorry, let me just read this. Yeah. Chapter one, discard your hands. Yeah. Because I would pay two mana to do that. Hey, it, people paid one mana to do it uh, against uh, Owling Mine. <laughs> one with nothing. Yeah. Uh, chapter two, draw two cards. Cool. Chapter three. If a red source you control would deal damage to a permanent or player this turn, it deals that much damage plus two to that permanent or player instead. This seems horrific. Yep. Pretty bad. Like, you discard your hand, so you're playing this really late when you have nothing, presumably, so the first turn it's two mana, hopefully do nothing. Yep. Or discard a land at, at worst. Next turn, draw two cards. If either of them deal damage, hold on to them because you're waiting till the next turn. And then hopefully both the cards you drew and your card for that turn are all burn spells. Mm -hmm. And then each of them deals that much plus two. So that's six extra damage like a billion turns later. Yep. It sounds really... It's pretty horrific. Yeah. Um, It, for all the reasons, like... It's terrible. Uh, the so let's well, the the situations where this card is good. Yeah, yeah. Um, tell us. Is, Are there? You need to be have you need to have like a major graveyard deck. That was my idea. And you idea. need to like basically play this, dump everything into your graveyard, and then you know you get two free cards. Sweet. And because, like, really, when you discard your hand, you're like drawing a bunch of cards, right? Because you're putting right, stuff in your graveyard, you which you can cast graveyard. or reanimate or whatever. Um, and then you, the third chapter doesn't particularly matter, I guess. Um, so, isn't there that mono red um, Godfair's gift deck? Yeah. Does the does that does that count? Maybe. Uh, <laughs> maybe I don't know. It's awkward because like that deck does also want to hit land drops. So, like, you can't really play it on two, but two is also kind of the best time to play it. So maybe you're... Yeah, it's just kind of awkward. Like, and we still have Cathartic Reunion in Standard. So mm. while Cathartic Reunion is around... you think is a around, better way to discard and draw cards? I do. Weird. Uh, while Cathartic Reunion's in Standard, I prefer it. Uh, when that rotates, maybe you still run you Tormenting Voice. Is that in Standard 2? Is it? St- I think it is. Oh, wait, no. It was in Innistrad. Yeah, I thought it rotated. I could be wrong. It yeah, no, I think printed. you're right. It rotated. Yeah, so Flame of Keld, not my fave. Not my fave. It's not lighting your fire? No, no, that's (laughs) clever. Next is Triumph of Gerard. So Gerard was a big hero of Dominaria back in the day, helped to fight off the uh, Phyrexian invasion, fight off Yawgmoth, father of machines. Not, okay. Uh, White one, uh, Enchantment Saga, chapter one and two. Put a plus one plus one counter on target creature you control with the greatest power. Chapter three, Tarkuji control with the greatest power gains flying, first strike, and lifelink until end of turn. Huh. I like it in limited. It's an uncommon. I like it in limited and in standard. Uh, I just don't think you will see this get played. Yeah, I think I agree with you. Because in limited, you're happy about the first two effects. Uh, and like you're happy to pay two mana for that, given that you know you're getting two. And uh, the third one, the will third win. one is going to... Not well, necessarily not win. win, but it's gonna, but it's going to put a huge yeah because the lifelink like they're not going to be able to block it profitably because of the first strike, the flying, and then the lifelink is going to make sure that you don't die on the swing back. Uh, I, I like the card in limited, um, yeah. but you do need to make sure you have enough creatures because if they kill your creatures, then you're in trouble. So there's that. If they kill literally all your creatures, though, because if you have a zero one, 
that is your creature with the greatest power, and that will gain flying and trample. Yeah, and that's pretty disappointing, right? Like, you yes. want it to be good. Yeah, like you want but even if it's like a 2-2. Two, two. Yeah, okay, fine. You want to keep your creatures, but yeah. No. Um, and at least for the and third, no you get to choose target creature as opposed to the first two chapters. You don't oh, have that one you get to choose. Yeah. No, target oh, creature you control with reminds. the greatest power. They're yeah. always the greatest, always power. greatest power. It may not always be the same creature, mm. right? You could put a plus one, plus one, and then before the next saga chapter happens, you've played a Galta. Yeah, of course, as as Rife does. <laughs> um yeah it just it feels like it's it's nice like it uh adds helps helps your strengthen your board a little bit so i, I think it's okay and limited yeah. all right what's next we have a time of ice that is a uh, blue three enchantment saga chapters one and two tap target tap target creature and opponent mm-hmm. controls it doesn't untap during controls and taps up for as long as you control time of ice and chapter three return all tap creatures to their owner's hand Wow. What do you think? What do you think? I kind of like this. Mm, in limited or standard or both? Limited. Okay. I, it, four mana for standard to tap a creature is like just not cutting it. You can just be playing cast out and excellence binding and cheaper removal that mm. actually removes. Mm. So not cutting it. But this is very cool limited. I like that it doesn't untap for as long as you control this. And then whatever this is going to, like when this is going to leave, it just bounces all the creatures. Yeah. Uh, I think it not playable in standard, but in uh, limited, I think you could play it in a uh, tempo, like an aggressive blue-red tempo deck, because you get to go turn four, uh, tap something down, attack, tap something down again, attack, and then set your opponent back even more by bouncing the two things. Um, so it basically is going, like if you're a tempo deck and you're just trying to end the game quickly, it this says destroy a creature, destroy a creature, and that's all it says. So yeah. like this is well, and it's, it's probably going to prevent them from attacking the turn before chapter three because all tap creatures yeah, return, point. right? So though to be fair, they're probably not attacking anyways in the kind of a deck that you're playing, right? If you're like an aggressive tempo deck, like they're probably going to be blocking. They're going to be on their back foot, yeah. not attacking anyway. Sure, um, sure, sure. But if they were in a position to attack you, this is also preventing that. Yeah, unless that turn they can kill you, kill you dead. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. Then hopefully so, you have something else because it's been three turns since you played this. So <laughs> right. So I like it as a destroy target creature, destroy target creature. Yeah. It's just very cool. Man. I really like blue effects that like tap and keep tapped. I think yeah. those are fun. You know, the more I think about this, this actually seems. I think in limited, this might actively be strong. Yeah. No, um, I don't think you have to be in an aggressive deck. Yeah. I would play this in a blue deck as like pseudo removal. Yeah. Pretty much any blue deck. Yeah, I think you just have to be careful about the ETBs, but. Uh, Seems seems that actually seems pretty strong. Yeah, I'm yeah. coming around. I'm coming All right. around. Okay. All right. Uh, in our last saga, that's uh, actually not our second to last. Lies. Sorry, another Why? one was hidden. Uh, we have the eldest reborn, which is black four. Who's the eldest? That kind of looks like Bolus. Bolus. It is Bolus. How is he reborn? So, get ready. Here's what happened. Kamigawa, right? Yeah, was a set. It happened a long time ago. It had uh, a lot of legendaries. In the timeline, it happened like long long time ago okay and there was an umizawa uh, i think it was tetsuo umizawa there's a lot they all start with t so it's confusing <laughs> but there's a umizawa guy and basically what happened was uh the king of kamigawa or emperor or whatever uh when his daughter was born stole this artifact from the spirit realm which made him immortal 
but then the spirits got mad, so the, uh, there was the Kami War, and then Umezawa stole it back, and he had this uh, patron spirit called the Myogen of Knight's Reach, and Knight's Reach was like, give me that, uh, like, you should steal it and then give it to me, and instead he stole it and then, like, gave it to the daughter who, like, fused with it and became, like, Kamigawa's guardian spirit thing. Uh, for both the spirit realm. Anyways, so cool. when Umezawa did this, Knight's Reach got really mad, and Knight's Reach, uh, her mask gave her planeswalking powers. So she took Umezawa, brought him to Dominaria, and blinded him as punishment. She's like, now you're blind, you're in this world you've never been in before, good luck, uh, <laughs> as, a, as a bad punishment. But then Umezawa had children, and one of these children ended up actually killing Bolas. Uh, so it was on Madara, which is a constant in Dominaria. <laughs> Um, and Bolas became the, uh, like, god, emperor, king. He's, he likes being a classic em- god Bolas emperor. Move. Yeah. yeah. So he was, like, the god emperor of Madara. And uh, he, Umezawa actually killed Bolas. Um, but then what happened was Bolas, like, still was, like, kind of lingering, like, in his magical spirit way. <laughs> and then when the rifts started happening, um, Bolas actually came back. And this is what the card represents, is like, he's he was reborn, and then he f- swore vengeance on all of the Umazawa line. And he was like, Ooh. hey, Umazawa, or I think before he died, he was like, Umazawa, I want you to have lots of kids and make so your lineage lo- big so I can murder all of them when I come back. That's so really nice. Yeah, that's actually probably why the uh, Umazawa in this set is a fugitive, uh, because Bolas that is probably makes... still trying to kill him. Yeah. Yeah, so very cool. Bolas does not like Umazawa. Uh, I, well, enjoyed, I, mean, I actually read it. the Kamigawa books, though. Umazawa is, like, a pretty fun character. He's a mono-black, like, anti-hero. Uh, oh, that's cool. cool. Yeah. The, I think those are really fun to write. Yeah. So, to get to the actual card. The yes. Eldest Reborn, uh, Chapter 1, each opponent sacrifices a creature or planeswalker. Chapter 2, each opponent discards a card. Chapter 3, put your creature or planeswalker card from a graveyard onto the battlefield under your control. Yeah. It's kind of like a worse version of uh, the black legendary sorcery. Which, what's that do? Uh, like, your opponent, you kill a creature or planeswalker, and you get to bring back a creature or planeswalker. Sure. Do you not? Min and I had a discussion about whether it was good. Yawgmoth's file offering. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, you actually bring something back first and then destroy something, but same kind of idea. Yeah, I just don't think this is very good. Five mana edict isn't great. Discarding a card that late in the game, like, super easy to play around, yeah. and then you get to bring something like it doesn't matter um yeah you I get to bring one good. card back on turn seven <laughs> yeah overpriced for effects individual effects are way too weak and together they don't make up for the weakness yeah. of the individual effects i'm also and not excited last. about it in limited because again the discard doesn't matter and it's really late and limited yeah and they're gonna have so like, many creatures yeah, on turn five that they're not gonna be attacking it sorry sacrificing anything important and you may not have that many important creatures and if you do they may not have died by the time yep. chapter three happens well from any graveyard but it's yeah not, the likelihood like that you get that anything impactful back is not yeah not worth yeah. it um so last saga is chainer's torment this all i forget what this represents this represents something too because there's a set called torment um, so I, I'm pretty sure that's what it's referencing. Does it have anything to do with, uh, Bolas? Cause remember, Bo- uh, Torment of Hel- Hailfire? Hellfire? That's a new card. Uh, that has nothing to do with the And there's, set there's torment. other Torment cards? Sure, yes, but that's not related to the set Torment. Oh, okay. Um, cool. Torment actually, I think was Wizards experimenting with, was it, was it that set? No, it might have been Torment. It might have been, um, the Dark 
which was the name there was of one a of set called sets, the dark called the dark we i think it was torment i think torment was the first time they tried printing an unequal distribution of colors and they pushed everything oh. toward black and then it went really poorly and they were yeah. like we're not doing that anymore and they actually then decide you know what we're gonna do it again and have some restored <laughs> well they didn't do that on purpose did they do that on purpose? Restored. Yeah, they did an episode restored where like they had a heavier emphasis on white, white and then that and went, everyone at the pre-release wanted to play white, and white was just strictly the and best. just in drafts, just, like the angels were all great. Like it was, yeah, it was, they they yeah that was really learned that lesson for a second time, and I'm sure in ten years they'll try it again, fail again. So Chainer's Torment is black three chapters one and two. Chainer's Torment deals two damage to each opponent, and you gain two life. Chapter three, create an XX black nightmare horror creature token where X is half your life total rounded up. It deals X damage to you. Uh. Yeah. Uh, uh. I like it. You in do? limited, yeah. Oh. Like, you're going to pad your life toward a little bit first, and then you get a huge creature on turn six. This is, like, similar to the demon thing, where you get a huge creature on turn six, um, and it'll be it'll be huge if you can, like, provide any kind of protection. Like, you're talking about, like, making a 10-10, right? Or, like, a between, like, an 8-8 and a 10-10 on turn six, which is very strong. Um, so... Okay. Worth keeping in mind. Like, the removal in Dominaria seem, also seems to be decent, so it's not like a game-breaking card, but I'd probably yeah. play it. That uh, seems interesting. I might take it out against... Or maybe I wouldn't. Yeah, we'd probably take it out against an aggro deck, unless... Yeah, I mean, it's but, too bad that it's, like, only two d- damage to an opponent and you can't redirect to any creatures. Yeah, if it could hit creatures, then it gets much, much, much better. Yeah. But still, but, still decent. Still decent. Yeah. And that'll be it for today. Uh, we've done our sagas. Uh, so, thanks for joining us. Uh, thanks again to New England Comics uh, for their support. You can check them out at NEC Coolidge on Facebook. And to Flipside Game, you can find it at flipsidegaming.com. I'm Ryan. I'm Katie. And this is Spoiler, Spoiler Season. Season.